Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, it is a Tell Dell Tuesday, and I do have a wonderful guest for you. And I've had this guest on a couple times before because his story is unbelievable. However, today... I've got a lot of material that I'd like to cover with this gentleman um, about what's going on last year, this year, and so on and so forth, because he's really deep inside the know of what's going on in the Apartment Association. So let me do this first, because his story is so unbelievable. Uh, if you haven't heard it before, and you need to hear it. If you've been here before, if you know anything about lifestyles, you've heard this story 10 times, but I'm going to give you the brief and the short version of it. At a very young age, around 18 years of age, he, his father asked him, would you rather take your college funds and go into business or go to college? He told his father he'd rather go into business, so he, him and his father looked around for a business to start. They came to Lifestyles Unlimited. They decided to try apartments. They went out. They bought some single-family houses. He progressed to a small apartment complex in which his dad allowed him to run the entire project. He ran that for a year or so during the toughest times we had in the real estate business, right during a crash, came out the other side okay, and moved on to a very large syndication in which his father had put a lot of money in along with a lot of other people, and he made them a massive profit. Um, I don't even remember the exact numbers, so since I don't remember exactly, but I will tell you it's in the millions, okay? Um, somewhere around $3 million, 300% return on this deal, I think it was. Um, somewhere in those numbers, but I don't know. But the bottom line is he went on after that to do syndication after syndication at a very young age. I mean, as he started about 18 and... He's 30-some years old right now. Uh, he's been doing it for about 10 years, 12 years. And um, I'll let him tell you more of his own personal story. But the bottom line was he became not only a good investor, but he won many, many, many local, 
state, and national awards. He was the National Apartment Association's Investor of the Year. He also did something no other Lifestyles member has ever done. He won the overall property of the year for the National Apartment Association. So he's got tremendous amount of rewards behind him. As a young gentleman that he is, uh, who is very religious, and takes that to work with him every day, uh, who is homeschooled and believes in, you know, doing the right thing for people, he has given back. He joined the Apartment Association. He worked his way through the leadership program, Lyceum training program they have. And uh, as of this year, he has become the Houston Apartment Association's president. And last year, when he was president-elect, he was tagged to lead a team of people to go out there to the Apartment Association and Houston slash state coalition to try to overcome the COVID problem in the apartment industry. And his stories will go on and on and on forever uh, because of all that went on last year. He's got a lot to say. I want to get to that part and what he sees as the future um, as for this interview today because all the other stuff, as great as it is, uh, he's got even more to share with everybody. So with more... No more to say about his past. Let's welcome John Boriak. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Dale. It's a pleasure to be here. Sorry to take your entire history and condense it into a soundbite, but uh, <laughs> I, I really did want to get you uh, up-to-date material because you've got so much now because of being president of the Houston Apartment Association. And of course, last year being in charge of the task force, I think you were in charge of it, uh, there's a lot to say. Let's start first before we get into the Apartment Association stuff. Last year was one of the most difficult operational periods that I've gone through in my 30 years in real estate because people didn't have any jobs. They didn't have any money. You know, we've had times when we couldn't get money and we've had recessional periods. But last year was really something different because even when people couldn't pay you, you couldn't evict them. So you really had to figure out a new way of operating. I know all of us did, and you kind of had a head start. Not a head start. You were, you were a shining light in, down the tunnel. You had experimented with a bunch of stuff and got it out there in front of everybody and made it work. Talk about what you did yes last year, I'm sorry, and uh, how it turned out for you. Yeah, last year was super interesting, like you were saying. We got hit with a uh, crazy dynamic where we had so many people that – um, either couldn't pay rent or at least had difficulty paying rent through really no fault of their own. They're, they were blindsided by it as much as we were. So having to develop new tactics and strategies to navigate that difficulty with them was, was very uh, it was challenging, interesting, um, and I'm just really honestly very proud of uh, for sure all of my team members but our industry as a whole for uh, flexing, and I don't mean like bragging, but like being flexible in ways that they've never done before. We've never done before as an industry with coming up with, you know, penalty-free payment plan arrangements or, you know, assisting renters with finding rental assistance and just an overall spirit of flexibility and communication and trying to get through the crisis together um, and, and as much as possible avoiding like a we versus them mentality and trying to find the win-win solution because, you know, that we, we lost the ability to evict in a lot of cases, but we got to remember, evictions were always a last resort for for obviously the renters and the 
uh, housing providers. Nobody wants an eviction. That's a lose-lose scenario. You, you need it in, for as a nuclear option, but we would so much rather always communicate with the with the renter uh, before it gets to that point and try to, to work out a solution as much as possible. So but when we lose that, it really disincentivizes. We lose the ability to evict through an ordinance or, or a, a local legislation of some kind. It really disincentivizes that communication from happening on the front end. So complicates the overall operational process so, so much. But, you know, we're coming up with ways to try to you know, overcome that and foster that communication instead was, was really the theme of last year and trying to work together and, and, uh, and get through that. So, John, um, you talked about flexing. Uh, I've used the term pivot. Uh, we've, mm -hmm. We had to change our ways of doing business. Did you see or find or hear of or become aware of any people that didn't pivot, that wouldn't just refuse to stretch or flex or pivot? and ended up doing poorly because of it? Well, yeah, there's always going to be the, the outliers who uh, aren't open to, to the, that change, the environment, and the necessity, necessity to adjust or pivot to that change. And I'm, I'm happy that those were the outliers. I would say it's definitely uh, not the commonplace situation. Um, but there, there certainly were those, and those are usually the ones that Got the you know ended up on the news and um, or their occupancy dropped tremendously and did not fare as well as those who were able to kind of quickly and nimbly adapt to the new environment because we you know it's 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 like everything around us changes and if you keep doing things the same way you've always done them you're gonna flop there's no way to to survive in that it's like the you know you're it's like if you're climbing a mountain and then you get to a higher altitude and the oxygen level drops well you got to adjust how you're walking and how you're breathing and you're doing all the things you normally do at that new environment at a higher altitude. And if you don't adjust, you're not going to make it. I agree. And uh, I was surprised, John, that how many people did flex or did pivot and turned it around. Um, I know myself, it was one of the situations where it was very difficult at first because we really didn't know where to go. Then we all sort of started talking to each other and we were you, you were sending stuff out, and Lifestyles was sending stuff out, and Apartment Association, everybody was working at coming up with a, uh, a new way to go about this. And the truth of the matter is, immediately on my properties, we took a hit, went down into the low 90s, some properties even high 80s. But then it came back. Once you guys had figured out how to make it work, we're now back to 97% and have been that for two months now. So I think it's a really interesting. How about you? What did your properties? I know you took a hit for a while, too, but you were in the beginning far ahead of everybody. You were really rocking it. Yeah, we, we started the year out, I would say, in the, in the mid to high, you know, 90% occupancy, which is where we like to run things. But And uh, certainly saw a, a, a small drop in that. But really, you know, because of um, the way we chose to operate and pivot, like you were saying, our occupancy never took that big of a hit. And we, we stayed in the 90s that I think every property throughout the entire year. The bigger uh, crunch on our operations happened in the form of, you know, those renters who had difficulty paying rent. So our, our unpaid rent amount uh, grew and fluctuated. All right, John, we gotta, we're going to have to take a break, John. You're going to have to take a breath. We'll take a break. And we'll yep. be right back with John Boriak, the Del Wompley Radio Show. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. The radio show with me here today is John Boriak. John is a childhood real estate investment star, uh, a national, a local state and national apartment association uh, award winner and now this year he's elected president of the houston apartment association as we went to break john was explained to you that his properties did well last year uh, even though there was a massive pandemic to deal with and he had found a way to flex and twist and pivot to get through it and make it work uh, i know john you also pride yourself on how you take care of your employees how you uh, care about your customers, how you care about your investors. In other words, you have a moralistic-based business, uh, probably as much as, if not more than anybody I've ever seen. How are you now taking that to the apartment association? How does that same John Boriak-type touch work moving into a public arena? Yeah, so the Apartment Association has a big job to do this year, and I'm honored to, to help lead that that charge. You know, we have a big role to play just like we did last year. And I, I think if I were to boil it down, the two main focuses that the Apartment Association provided to members, including Lifestyles members, would be education and advocacy. So for education, it's going to be so important this year to keep everybody in the loop with what's going on, the latest regulatory changes and ordinances that are coming down the line from a, a legal standpoint, and also the assistance programs that are available. There's a large federal rental assistance program that just got passed along with different um, you know, stimulus packages and then local programs. And so keeping everybody on the same page with that is going to be super important. One of the ways we're doing that is a monthly legal lowdown or legal roundup where HA will, will host this, this monthly uh, class or webinar to gather up everything that happened that month and all the changes and best practices and present, present it in a digestible format once a month to keep everybody on the same page. And 
up to date. And then from an advocacy standpoint, it's going to, with our elections that just happened, it's going to be more important than ever to stay engaged with our local elected officials, especially our judges, to make sure that you know, our industry's interests are represented and that the, uh, especially the judges are, are educated as to how to run their courts in this eviction, I mean, this uh, COVID environment and how you know, evictions still need to proceed, especially for conduct issues and things like that. And so staying on the forefront and keeping everybody educated with what's going on and then making sure our industry's interests are represented in the uh, elected official realm is going to be super important. Now, are they running those uh, courts uh, via uh, Internet or are they back live again? You know, there's, there's been a variety of strategies and tactics that's mostly been left up to the individual judges for how they want to run their courthouse. So you have some people who have chosen uh, to try, try to figure out virtual, uh, you know, basically a, a Zoom courthouse and, and run the trials that way. You have some people who are back in person, you know, with some COVID protections in place. And you have some people who just said, we're going to not do process any eviction uh, right now, at least for another month or so. Or, and so it's having to navigate which courthouse to go to in my precinct and how they're operating is another big uh, issue or, or, or difficult water to navigate right now. And, it, and, it, and it's hard because it changes per courthouse and individual property. So what I'm seeing on the news right now uh, besides all of the presidential nonsense that's going on, the thing that gets me the most is that they're saying that the COVID is getting worse and that more and more people are dying at a faster rate. More and more people are becoming infected by COVID at a faster rate. And I'm just wondering, do you see that out there? Is it really happening? I'm, I'm not saying it's not happening. That sounds wrong. What, what I'm saying is, are you seeing effects that are, do you think there's going to be even a more difficult work environment this year? How do you see the future? You know, it, it's kind of a, a mix of, of both in that, you know, last year we had just one blindside hit after another. You had COVID come in and then the cases spiking and then coupled that with eviction moratoriums. And here comes a rental assistance program and you have these PPE requirements and everything was just crazy. And so this year, I think we're going to continue to have more challenges, but I feel like we're we're more battle-hardened and we know how to respond better. So yes, you're going to get cases on the rise, but at the same time, you have businesses who are figuring out how to still operate and serve customers in the chaotic environment. At the same time, you have vaccines that are rolling out and more and more of the population is getting vaccinated on a daily basis. And so it's this flurry of factors and which side or which which one is going to have the biggest impact is still kind of hard to be seen. But I feel like we're we're more, like I said, battle hardened, prepared to pivot and make those decisions and deal with the, the new situations that come down the pipeline far better this year than we were last year. So, John, other than being a passive investor, I've sold off all of my Class C properties and I only have Class A's. So I'm going to ask you a question about the differentiation between A, B, C, and D as far as the COVID. Before I say that, I saw a news article today while I was uh, working out this morning, and it was talking about lower L.A., uh, East L.A. or Southern L.A., where there's the very low socioeconomic bracket, uh, minority-driven brown and black individuals. And what they're saying is that they are having 70% more COVID deaths than the rest of California put together. Then they come back and they say, well, look, these people have 75% more diabetes and 75% more obesity than the rest of the of the state. And so it's just logical that there's 75% more people dying from COVID. 
So let's correlate that for a second to people and understand there is class A, class B, class C properties. And C is the lower socioeconomic, what we used to call blue-collar housing. And what I'm wondering, John, is being out there in the middle of all this as the president of the Apartment Association, are we seeing differences by socioeconomic bracket as to how hard people are being hit by this? Yes, it's, you know, the uh, the majority, I would say, of the job loss that's still out there has been in the retail, restaurant, and uh, you know, hospitality sectors, which as a, as a uh, uh, demographic tends to live in Class B, Class C apartment communities. So you, while there's still, but it, that's one factor, is that you have those, those residents who are maybe getting hit a little harder than the residents who would live in Class A from the uh, job loss standpoint. But at the same time, uh, there is a continued demand for that more uh, affordable level of, of housing because you have uh, people who were in many other brackets or the, the really high-end Class Bs who are getting whose budgets a little crunched right now. So now they need to find something a little more affordable to live in, and they're moving into our, our Class B and C communities. And so I like being in that space because mine are more, what do we say, the upper Class C or Class B uh, apartment communities. And I like being in that space because there's always demand for that affordable, you know, clean, functional, safe housing product that's out there. You know, in times like this, we have people who maybe were living in a higher uh, rent place that have feelings of crunch and need to move maybe down into a more affordable uh, housing product that we provide. And then when things get better and jobs come back and people are able to, to uh, you know, have a little more income coming in, they'll want to upgrade it. So when you have people who are living in the maybe C minus communities or the D communities want a better, safer place to live and bring their families to, then we're going to have more demand coming from the bottom pressure up, up into our communities there. So no matter where the economy goes, there's always going to be demand for that affordable kind of class B and, and upper C product. So I'm going I'm to take that from you, John. We're going to go into a break, but I'm going to say this way. You are living the dream of providing the best product at the best price, which draws from the bottom and the top. We'll take a short break. Be right back with John Boriak and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show with me here today on Tell Del. Tuesday is John Boriak. John is a childhood real estate investment star. He's also a 
local, state, and national apartment association real estate investor award winner, and uh, has won many, many awards, including the largest award you can possibly win, which is Property of the Year, Best Property in the Whole United States of America, one year. Currently, John has just become president of the Houston Apartment Association. We've been discussing uh, what they did last year and what they're doing this year. John, let's move the topic along to the next level, which is as a real estate investor yourself and syndicator, what do you see for the future of real estate this year? Do you see any deals available? Are you... Tell us what you see for investing here in the near future. Sure. So, you know, we for the last few years, we've been on a pretty rapid price appreciation uh, run where, you know, returns are diminished and, and prices are higher than they've ever been. And and when COVID hit last year, we were all expecting this big you know, price crash, and it really didn't happen. You know, prices went down 5 maybe 10%, uh, and, and volume was down. But the volume has come back just, in the last month or so, you know, January, you were seeing a lot more. Uh, I don't know if there's the deal count is up as far as deals close, but there's just a lot more action, a lot more talk, and people seem more comfortable, ready to do deals again. And so I kind of see the first half of this year as continued, I'm going to call it squeezed operations where delinquency maybe grows. You see a lot of concessions sneaking back into the market, which hurts your cash flow. That may put some distress on the deals, and we might see some more motivated sellers during this kind of first half of the year as they deal with those issues. But I suspect things will kind of pick up in the second half of the year as we get you know, the, the federal rental assistance program completely rolled out. And, you know, like I said, more of the population gets vaccinated as the economy starts to turn again. I suspect we'll, we'll be back to that, that price appreciation um, out there in the second half of the year. And then what I think the bigger picture, the more macro multiple year economic trend is going to be, is, you know, last year we had incredible amounts of federal stimulus get plugged into the economy through the, the individual stimulus checks, the PPP programs supporting the small businesses, and, and so many other you know, bills just unprecedented amounts, I hate to use that word, unprecedented amounts of, of money that was basically borrowed from the future and injected into the economy today. And what that's, I think that's going to do, I suspect, is you're right now a good amount of that money, or at least it was intended to be in the hands of the individual consumer, the individual person, and small businesses. But as they spend that money, that incredible amount of money that just got injected into our economy, I suspect it will get consolidated into more institutional funds and institutional uh, you know, corporations and equities that, that are going to be looking for places to invest that money. And so any investment that has a yield component that can have some kind of cash flow associated with it, like multifamily uh, real estate, is going to be a hot target for those all that money that has to be put to work somewhere, which means we're going to see you know, more and more money chasing that cash flow, which is going to lead to higher prices, which reduces the percentage of cash flow. So I suspect over the long haul, the next few years, we'll see smaller amounts of cash flow in deals, not because the operations suffered, but I, I mean not dollar cash flow, but return, the returns on that, on that investment, because people are going to be willing to pay more for that cash flow stream. So we'll see capital gains go up. I think prices will, will, will appreciate over the next few years, uh, but the cash flow streams on a percentage basis may uh, be kind of kept uh, reduced in that kind of lower single digit 
a range as more and more money chases those cash flow streams and, and keeps those interest rates down on the loan. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, and I think you must have seen the uh, the Economist that uh, Jerry Turner sent out to me. I probably sent it out to you too, and watch that his little piece. And I agree with it 100 mm-hmm. percent that that's where we're going. Uh, the one thing I wonder though is if the COVID creates individuals, right? And this is what's happened in the past. I'm going to try to make a short version of it. In the past, if you uh, ran your property poorly, and you would normally have to sell it at a lower price. Um, that isn't happening right now because there's so much money chasing so little inventory uh, that, and I'm not talking about just apartments, I'm talking about in the world, just like you said. There's too much money in the economy. And so it's forcing itself into every place where there is cash flow or where there's profit. And so they're, they're able to hold these prices up even though those operators don't even have the NOI to be able to make the deal work. So the question comes down to how do they finance these things, John? Are they paying larger and larger down payments because the NOI won't cover, uh, won't carry the debt coverage necessary for these higher prices? Yeah, I mean that's that, that's that's the big question. There's there's a definitely a, a I think lenders are mitigating that risk by requiring higher down payments, like you're saying. You know, gone are the days of only having to put 20 or 25% down on a property. You're looking at easily 30% or more now, uh, normally when so the, I think lenders are hedging their bets that way. And then also just the interest rates are so low that it takes less cash flow to cover that debt and meet their debt service, debt service coverage ratio requirements uh, because the debt service is lower as interest rates are low. So it's, as long as those interest rates stay down and there's enough cash in the market, to pay that that higher down payment, uh, I don't see how why the lending would stop. You know that, and again, I'm not the expert. I'm just like you said, a parrot kind of repeating what I've heard from smarter people than me. Uh, but that's that's a trend we've been seeing so far is people making deals work, and as the equity is just willing to take on a bigger risk and, and pay more for a smaller cash flow stream. Well, like you said, the, the, all it's doing is changing the profit from going from cash flow to capital gains. It's just moving it. That's all. Because if everything is compressing cap rates, that means people are making money on the back end of the deal. So it, it, right. the, the internal rate of return might very well be exactly the same when you get to the end of the deal. So let's go one step further here. Let's go back. You're going to be one of the, um, one of the locations for our bus tour. And the bus tour is we're hoping and we're praying that... Uh, we can have our expo this year, and if we do so, then we have the bus tour. And your properties, one of your properties, by the way, uh, is going to be on the bus tour. Let's start with a quick analysis. How many properties do you own now? Just curiosity. Yes, yeah, so I have five properties currently that we we own and manage uh, 1,258 units in total. Okay. And the property that you're going to share with us on the bus tour has had some incredible returns, correct? Yeah, this was one of my first deals I bought as a syndicator uh, back in 2012, and uh, it, it worked out geographically to be the best fit for the bus tour. But I'm excited because we've never been out there before on the Masters bus tour, and it's, it's got such a great story and it's such a great example of the power of real estate investing that I'm excited to, to show it off. Well, w- without um, embarrassing yourself, share with us the kinds of returns you've made on this thing. Sure. So with this one... It has been uh, phenomenally successful, and I'm happy to be able to return so much money to the investors. It, it cranks out 
20 to 35 percent, you know, annually uh, on a return basis from just the cash flows, you know, not including any real refinances or anything. But we've also done a couple of of refinances, the most recent of which was last year. And that refinance was able to pull out 80 percent of our initial invested capital and return that back to the investors. But that still left a ton of equity in the deal because we weren't looking for the investors in this deal didn't want a big uh, cash influx right now because the deal is cranking out such great returns. They, they aren't able to go redeploy their money and get anything near uh, the, the returns they get in this property. So they, they still kept the, the LTV low, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent, well, well below what, it, what they could have gotten out. But um, still over the last, you know, 10, 12, well, I guess it's been eight years since we bought that deal. It has returned a cumulative 308% of the initial invested capital uh, back to the investors on that on that deal, and it continues to crank out those 20 to 30% uh, re- you know, cash flow returns every single year, even uh, despite the, the headwinds we face. Now, just out of curiosity, I've only got a half a minute left. Is this the property I used to joke about that your dad put his money, a good chunk of money in and came back and made almost everything back that he ever said he'd save for you for your uh, uh, college degree? This is the one. Yeah, this one. This is the, the golden the golden goose. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you think about this. Your father puts up uh, whatever it is, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars and gets it back a hundred percent return. No, three hundred percent return on your money. And John still ended up with a college education because after all these businesses, all this work, getting married, multiple kids, all of that going on. He still had time to go get a college degree at night. How did you do it all, John? You got 30 seconds to answer that. It was uh, a lot of help from a lot of people, you know, work, working in the business during the day and then doing online distance learning at night to, to get that degree locked down, and it's been, uh, it's been a huge blessing. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about that blessing, that lovely family of yours, and the lifestyle that you've created by doing what you've done at such a young, such a young age. We'll be right back with John Boriak and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me today here for Tell Dell is John Boriak. Like I said earlier, John has uh, been around for about 10 years and uh, started as a young entrepreneur, developed a very large uh, portfolio of real estate, has won local, state, national awards and is now president of the Houston Apartment Association. John, what an incredible life. Um, wife, how many kids do you have now? I can't keep up with you. Here, good. We have three kids. i got a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Yeah, you just keep sneaking them in there on me. Every time I talk to you, there's another one. So you've got a wonderful family. Uh, I know you, you, you have lots of hobbies. You hunt and fish. I mean, you're all over Facebook with that kind of stuff. Uh, wonderful marriage, incredible story there about how you met your wife. And um, why don't you tell us just brief story? We've got a few minutes here. Uh, how you met your wife, what it's meant to your family, how you guys build your family, what is your family beliefs and uh, your children, and how you live your life for the rest of the people out there that want to know what the lifestyle's like. Sure. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm so grateful and thankful for the many different perks of, of genuinely loving what I do for a living uh, through real estate. You know, I, I met my wife I, <clears throat> actually at a wedding, but she was already a lifestyle. She and her father were lifestyle members, and so we had that in common, and we were able to, to talk about our interests in real estate. And then 
fast forward a couple of years and uh, we got married a week after closing on my first uh, syndicated apartment <laughs> deal, the one where we're going to go see on the bus tour, actually. So that was a, a pretty wow. crazy time there, but oh, what, a, what a cool story. And now fast forward and, and I can, you know, everybody says, you know, they love the, you know, the goal is to find something where you love what you do and it works, not work if you love it. And, and I, I know there's a lot of cliches around that, but I, I genuinely love what I do. I, I miss it sometimes when we're on vacation out of town for an extended period of time. And I can't wait to, to get back at it. I, I love leading a company that allows our, our team members who work with us to be treated well and be rewarded for their work and find fulfillment in what they do and be given the, the tools and training that they need to achieve their potential and see their lives get turned around uh, you know, by working with us at our department communities. And then, you know, as we work with our team members, I love working with them to provide a product, that, that being an apartment home, that allows our, our renters who choose to live in our communities to have a clean, functional safe place to call home and raise their families and have that refuge such an important cornerstone of, of, of them having a successful you know, life and family. And then in addition to all those rewarding things, I get the flexible work schedule that lets me spend so much time with my family and friends. You know, my, I'm very involved in my kids' lives. Very rarely do I ever miss breakfast or dinner. You know, just this morning, I was able to, to go with my wife to take our youngest daughter you know, her first day at school and drop her off and see her off there. So to be able to be part of those moments, not miss any of those those important cornerstones in my kids' lives as they're growing up is invaluable to me. And, um, you know, having the flexibility to do other things. You know, you mentioned the hunting, fishing, the hobbies, but also all the work I do at the Apartment Association. That, that, that's a big time commitment, and it's so rewarding to be able to work with the really smart people in our industry who are members of that association also and, and be on committees with them and rub shoulders with them. Like I grow so much personally through that, but I wouldn't be able to do that if I had a really, uh, if I didn't have the flexible work schedule that I have. So, so many you know, perks that, that come with it and it's such a, a rewarding uh, life being able to, to, to give back in many different ways and, and be plugged into my family and provide that uh that good in the world through our, our company, the way we treat our employees, the products we provide to our renters, the returns we provide to our investors. You're always thinking that win-win situation with everybody. Well, you're quite an inspiration to us out here. If you were speaking to some young gentleman and think back to when you or your dad asked you, would you rather go into business or go to college, explain how a young person should look at that from your eyes. How do you see the world nowadays for young people getting started yeah. out there? Yeah, I would, I would encourage people to, to figure out how you're going to help others in the world. Let that be the focus. I, you know, I've figured out how to do it through the jobs provide and the products we provide, but how are you going to help others? And don't get distracted by only focusing on, on money. You know, money's a bad goal. It'll never be sad. It'll never satisfy you. It'll cause you to do things that aren't, aren't healthy and aren't what you want to do. So money's not a bad thing in and of itself and it is a byproduct of, of helping others and, and uh, doing what we do. But don't don't let don't let that be your focus. Don't let that be the end all. Focus on how you treating people right and uh, doing the right thing and figure out how you're going to help others in your life. Good thoughts all. There's no doubt. Um, you you're not someone I would ask the question if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Uh, so I'll change that question a little bit and ask um, with what you have done so right is there anything you look back on and go, I could have done it differently and more effectively? Um, yeah, 
other than changing the exact timing, I got in on the market, which <laughs> I can't really. It wasn't super in my control. You know, it was a, some hard times going going in when I bought when I first got in the in the industry right, right before the financial crisis of 2008. That was some hard times. But I say that I learned so much by operating a business through that crunch and how to, to operate lean and find the best deals and, and make those contacts. So I, I can't even say I, I regret that necessarily. You know, maybe if anything, just learning to uh, rely on my team sooner than I did. You know, the beginning I held too much close to the vest and didn't want to delegate and trust people. And so it, once I found out that, that the people I had on my team were trustworthy, should have let go of a lot of the responsibilities sooner and uh, and could, would have allowed me to grow faster if we had tried to assemble kind of the, the team I have now sooner and delegated more of the responsibility to them. That's always a good lesson and takes different people different amounts of time to figure that out. It took me a long time also um, because uh, you're a workaholic or because uh, the worst case is when you think you can do it better than other people. That's the worst case. But sometimes people are just workaholics and they can't get out of their own way. So um, you've got this uh, presidency ahead of you. You've got a full year coming. I can see you're going to be very, very, very big. Goal, John. What, what do you see as absolute long-term goal? And you've only got 30 seconds to come up with it. You know, our, our long-term goal is uh, you know, at, at, at the apartment industry this year. We got to focus on getting the federal rental assistance program laid out, staying on top of you know all the new changes, and then at Veritas, my company, we're focusing on cutting out the noise and the, all the distractions being thrown at us by society focusing on what's really important and what we can really impact, and then eventually, you know, growing our, our company to where we can help more people, both, you know, through our, our employees and our renters. John, you're quite an inspiration, as I said before, and I want to just thank you very much for everything you do, both by coming on today and what your give back is. For the rest of you out there, remember this, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.